will help you in uh, finding out more about us. So, so it's good. As you walked in, you would have been given just a whole pile of, of things. And um, I just want to just briefly let you know uh, what they're about. The, the smallest one folded in half is our news sheet. And it's just got some key information. But, you know, it is missing some absolutely crucial uh, information. Um, and that is that this Sunday night uh, evening service won't be happening next week. So it says there that next Sunday service uh, is Peter Holly only. And then what, what happens, there's nothing at night. And then the week after two, there's no evening service. So two weeks, no evening service here on Sunday nights. Remember that, everyone. Should we say that together? No evening service for two weeks, okay? And, and just remember that and let people know. Now, um, other things that are just really important to note there is there's a Christmas choir, and you could be up here in lights Christmas morning. So if you're around, uh, you'd like to do that. There's information on how you can be in the choir and what you need to do to do that. So that'll be great. Now, other things that are uh, in you would have been given as you came in is just some information about Baptist World Aid, a little envelope as well. And what happens on Christmas Day is we actually, all our whole giving, our whole offering on Christmas Day goes completely away from our church. It goes to the poorest of the poor and this is just an opportunity for you to understand where our offerings will be going and there's an envelope for you to contribute. If you lose the envelope, just put whatever you want to in the offering on on Christmas Day and that will go to help them. I also want you to know uh, Scott and Catherine Gervin's newsletter is there and that's uh, there from... Uh, Malawi and people that are a part of the Yao people who we've adopted as a people group. So read that as well. And today is the day when we finished doing our divine mentor uh, reading. So uh, earlier on in the year, we said anyone who would like to, let's read together the Bible every day being mentored by God. And we started way back on August the 31st. And the last date to tick off is the 20th of December, which is today. So if you've been doing that, and I spoke to the people this morning that have been doing it, um, just fantastic, good stuff. So why don't we give all those that have done it a big round of applause and say that's great. And it's not about just ticking boxes, but it's about every day opening God's word and saying, God, would you speak to me? And I think that's so exciting. So the other thing we've got here is the next six months, we we say for the next six months it would be great to read the New Testament together. And this is a Divine Mentor six-month reading plan. It's a little bit less demanding than the one we've just done. And that I've just had feedback that people say sometimes you have to rush to get all the reading done. So we've shortened the amount of readings. You can linger longer in the passage, but um, uh, that will give us six months to read the New Testament. And then if you're on board with that, who knows where we'll go from there. I mean, get on board. So it starts 1st of January. Now, the other thing we want to let you know is we're very excited to have Marg and John docking with us today. So, Marg and John, you're there. I'm wondering, could you just come up? So, Marg and John are our first missionaries that we've ever sent out from this church, and they're actually currently over in Uganda, and they're, they're back at this time. So, why don't we welcome Marg and John docking? Welcome. Thank you, Jonathan. It's good to see you guys. It's not the best of circumstances, though, that bring you here, is it? Do you want to just share with us how come you're here and not in Uganda? Yes, we uh, should be in Uganda. We had to return suddenly as Sarah and Adrian, our daughter and son-in-law, rang to say that their baby had died, uh, which just about killed us, and uh, we... Uh, returned on the first flight we could get onto out of Entebbe. We were supposed to be coming to celebrate our, the arrival of our granddaughter uh, in March and uh, we were very saddened to hear that the Lord has taken her, um, possibly because she's too good for this planet and uh, so we've, uh, we're going to have to wait to see her when we get to the Lord. Mm. Gracie was her Gracie, name? Grace Teal Way. Yeah. And so um, we're working through that sadness. Um, we haven't been there before in that sort of sadness. And uh, I can assure you that the Holy Spirit is in all sadness. And he was with us 
and as he is right now. Mm. Now, I believe you left within just a couple of hours from hearing that news, we were able to get tickets and, and fly out, and you've spent that time, which would have been very um, you know, precious for Sarah and Adrian. It's sort of now put you in a position, though, where you're back in Australia and you can spend Christmas mm. with family, so there must be some some joy in, in that as well, and, and you're looking forward to spending some time while you're here. Mm. Tell us, you know, uh, what's been happening in Uganda? Like, can you give us a bit of a picture on, uh, yeah, on what's Yeah, I'd going like on? to hand over to Marg. Great. <laughs> because uh, she's at the coalface, and uh, she might be able to give it to you. Great. Do you want this? <laughs> <laughs> you all look very white, as I said this morning. You still look very white. Um, Nile Vocational Institute is uh, about, when it's completely full, it's about 1,500 students and staff. Mm. It's a massive um, project that African Enterprise is doing. We work for them. Uh, we actually contribute to the work of NVI. So John teaches plumbing three days a week or um, whatever he's told to do. Um, students love him. Um, he works in the garden and the kids come and help him. Um, he was do various things. We, it's like a massive TAFE organisation. So whatever's happening inside, we live inside that institute. So whatever's happening, we seem to either hear it or attend it. So it can be a bit full on at times. My work is to teach the girls what I call life skills. Um, life skills is everything which doesn't fall in the bracket of a vocational training or some sort of Christian guidance. And for a woman who's uh, living in a village in poverty, um, life skills really falls into the bracket of reproductive health, family planning, and I spend a lot of time teaching girls uh, their esteem, uh, good, healthy esteem, um, who they are, um, but particularly how to prevent pregnancy because in Uganda, if a young girl becomes pregnant early, uh, too early without proper partners and support, it can lead to absolute disaster and even her own death. So um, I don't pull any punches when I teach that stuff. Um, the other thing I do is go into the nearby hospital and clinics and teach the nurses safe, um, safe birthing practices. Um, some of them are really um, improved a lot. Sometimes I see a lot of really good things and uh, sometimes I just have to walk away from things that I can't do anything about. So mm. that's, I spend, that, that's my job. Mm. Uh, we want to thank you for your prayers. Uh, we really uh, do appreciate your prayers and financial support. We have um, good, good financial support. We have uh, thought about buying a car and we could, but we're not going to. It's safer not to, for me, safer for us not to be driving. Uh, the roads over there are chronically bad, and so we have um, uh, we use public transport and uh, uh, one border border driver, which is, who is a motorbike rider who we we trust and attends one of the local churches. So um, we haven't bought a car, and we're actually able to give quite a bit of our uh, giving to different things that are in extreme need around us. So we're feeling uh, very blessed to be able to give some of that support money that we're getting from here. So thank you so much for your prayers and your support money and just your love because we, we, we really do feel that and uh, we appreciate it very much. Great. Now, uh, how long are you here? When, how, is it a long time? Or uh, we're uh, going back on the 22nd of... Um, January, so we are staying a bit longer. Margs uh, needs a holiday and uh, we'll be taking a holiday when we send Joshua to, to Canada. Uh, <laughs> we're just sort of uh, happy to have celebrated his 21st birthday. One of our big gripes while we're over there and one, one thing that we're really feeling heavily was the fact that we're, Joshua was going to be in Canada and we were going to be uh, coming home uh, and not seeing him. Uh, in March, so we we are very very thrilled to be with Joshua at this time, and uh, and of course James and and Thomas has uh, been over and coming back for Christmas, and uh, Sarah and Adrian of course are here. So uh, as far as we're concerned, our love for our kids is huge. It's never it's only getting bigger, and uh, we're not that we're trying to molly coddle them, but it's so good to be with them. So um, uh, that's we're leaving this. Uh, uh, January 22nd.
Great. And then there's a trip that's going to come over and meet you later on in the yes. year, yes. Uh, next year. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And, and then when are you thinking of actually returning? Do you know yet? That yeah, time? So this time next year, we're back for good. Great. That's it. There you go. <laughs> good. Did you, see the, did you see the passion in the eyes? <laughs> well, we can, we can laugh at that, but we admire you so much for what you're doing. And you're, you're actually, you know, following God's call no matter what it costs. We see the great cost that it has been to you guys, and we're just so encouraged by you, and we're so proud of you as uh, people that have gone out uh, from our church. So... God bless. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, we love, I must say, that uh, we're both feeling uh, the blessing of doing something for God. Mm. Uh, I'm, particularly, I'm particularly feeling that way. I'm feel, feeling particularly blessed in my work over there. I feel as if uh, I've, I'm in the right place. Mm. I feel often that I'm not achieving much, but I really do know that, uh, that things are happening around me in my prayer life and in my love for God. And I, I know that he's doing things through me, um, even though I, I don't know what a lot of those things are. So uh, thank you so much for your prayers. I love being there uh, doing what God wants me to do. Mm. And I can really know it's so much better than just being uh, a fence sitter. Mm. It's great. Let's pray, shall we? God, we just want to thank you so much for Marg and John. We thank you for the way you're using them in Uganda. And God, we, we thank you for the way that you're strengthening them through the tough things that they've faced just in recent days. We pray for Sarah and Adrian and we just lift them up before you. We pray in this time of grieving that they know your comfort and care. Lord, we pray uh, too for Margaret and John as they're back here at Christmas time that that would be a special time to be with family. And Lord, as they prepare to go back again in January, uh, we just ask that you'd continue to bless them as you have. Lord, be all that they need. And uh, we just thank you for them. And uh, we look to you um, as next year unfolds, just to guide and lead them and uh, continue to do great things through them, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. Great. Uh, just two other things happened uh, this, this week. Um, the Margotsons uh, had a little baby boy. So that's Timothy. He was born just this week. And today I just got word that Heather uh, Shilg, uh, her mother died, Olive Shilg. So if you know the Shilg family, uh, today she passed away, um, uh, Olive Shilg. Uh, we just need to share with you a difficult decision that the deacons have made just in this past uh, week. Um, what's happened is that we decided this week to cease the search for an associate pastor responsible for evening service and uh, young adults. Uh, the reason that we did that was because just recently Gail has announced to the church that she, as the associate pastor for pastoral care, will be leaving us next year, midway through next year. And um, we, we felt as a diaconate that that position was a, a priority um, in, in our church. And so uh, we have found also that with our regular giving and, and regular budget amounts, what's happening is we're coming at 10% under budget at the moment. And because of that, if we were to go ahead and appoint a full-time associate pastor for youth, uh, sorry, for young adults and Sunday nights, what would happen is uh, we wouldn't have any left to actually employ a pastoral care pastor. And so we felt it was important to cease the search and to prioritise now the search for an associate pastor for pastoral care. It's been great disappointment for us. Uh, I think the deacons and leadership want to employ um, uh, people as funds become available. But as we've looked at it, it's, it, it just, we just can't do both at the moment. So we feel, we feel really strongly and sad for that. But we just want to encourage you to keep giving faithfully, you who love God and are so thankful for what he's doing, keep giving to him. And, and, and we believe that God will supply all our needs as a church for the coming year. Uh, we'll be doing everything we can to minister and to serve to this congregation. We'll be looking to volunteers next year to help in that way. And we'll be continuing to see how we can you know, organise the staff and the and the leadership in a way that will be most effective for our church's future. So if you would pray for us in that, that would be great as well. As we come 
to this time now. Let's pray as we continue to worship him. God, here we are tonight. Uh, so many things are happening in our church. God, we wish uh, that we were meeting budget. God, we wish that we were uh, able to employ more people. God, we, but we know that you're a God who is with us and who guides us and who leads us. And we trust in you. And whatever the circumstance, we're going to keep looking to you, God, to lead us. And this Christmas, God, uh, as we're just about to open your word tonight, would you speak to us? Would you speak from your word into our lives and, and speak to us about your, how you're wanting us to respond to you this Christmas? Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to remember what you've done in, in coming to earth as a child. Lord, we thank you for sending your son. And we thank you for the hope and the joy that we feel. Lord, help us to understand this more tonight. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight we're continuing to think about the Christmas journey. We started this morning and on Christmas Day... Uh, Gail's going to be speaking on my Christmas journey. But just before we do, um, there are people that are heading off to coffee shops and, and uh, things like that. ESA, Doug, you're going to ESA, aren't you? I'm going to the Camp Dad, yes. The Camp Dad at ESA. When does that start, Doug? Ask the wife. Ask the wife. <laughs> She's not here. Is anyone, the third, is anyone else going on ESA here at all? Yeah, why don't you just put your hands right up if you're going on ESA um, over the time. Great. Look at that. There's people all over the place. Uh, people going on Theo's. Anyone doing Theo's as well? Coffee shops? Uh, scripture Union? Anything like that? Great. Look at this. So there's just so many of you. Hey, what, what if you're going on uh, ESA, Theo's, coffee shop, or any other kind of mission between now and next year? Why don't you just stand just where you are so we can see you? Wow, look at that. Hey, we're going to be out there sharing and ministering to people. Why don't you just stand and we'll pray for you, hey? God, look at all these people here, Lord. We, we look at them and we just thank you. You've been preparing them and some of them are going on camps, some are going on uh, missions. And Lord, we just pray that you would strengthen them, that you would impact their life, that you would help them to grow in their faith. Lord, we thank you for them and we commit them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Good on you, guys. Um, I shared this morning about how the, for the Stark family, uh, Christmas and journeys just go together. I mean, uh, for us, we came up from Melbourne five years ago, and so we're the only Starks out of Melbourne. Um, all the Starks just stay in Melbourne. And uh, so when it comes to Christmas, it always means that our family has to journey and travel. And no matter how organised we are, how much we try and prepare, it always seems that we're unprepared for Christmas, the Christmas journey. I think I'm going all right. Uh, and so whatever happens, it always comes to the time. Every year it's the same time, Christmas, so we've, you know, we've got a year's notice to know when it's going to be. But whatever happens, it comes up quicker than we expected and we're always just shoving stuff in the boot, trying to slam it down before we head off and race down to Melbourne. And I don't know what it is, but we always seem to get out and have to turn around and get a, a toothbrush or some old sock that we've left behind that we need to take. And so that always happens. Um, it reminds me when I think of Christmases and journeys and being unprepared for the journey we're about to take. It was a story that my dad told me as I was growing up. And he said, this is a true story. And he would tell me about, it's about a journey. Uh, there was this man and he was... Uh, he'd bought a caravan and a four-wheel drive. You know, he's near retirement and him and his wife, they said, we're going to go around Australia. And so, true story, hooked up the caravan on the back of the four-wheel drive and just started heading down off to their around Australia trip. And uh, the husband really liked driving, so it started to get late one day after a lot of travelling. And the wife said, look, honey, I'm tired, I'm going to go off to sleep. And so they pulled over the side of the road. She got in her nightie and put on her dressing gown, 
got in the back in the caravan and the husband said, you know, I'm right, I'm good, I'll keep going. So he drives along, she's in the caravan, driving along the road. And, and then what happened, uh, right as it got darker and right into the night, the husband actually felt like he needed to go to the toilet. And just like blokes often do when they're driving along and, and night road and there's not many cars around, he just pulled over to the side, jumped out of the car, ran into the bushes and went to the toilet. You can imagine what happened there, and I'll leave that to you. <laughs> but what happened is as the car stopped, his wife woke up and she thought, oh, my husband's obviously pulled over to the side of the road having a little bit of a nap. I need to go to the toilet. So she got out of the caravan and went into the bushes and she went to the toilet as well. And I don't know when it was or what happened, but while she was going to the toilet in the bushes, the caravan started moving off. And the husband had got back in, hadn't realised his wife was out and started driving off down the road. And so what happened? Dad, tell me a true story. He, he, she got back on the side of the road and she thought, well, I've got nothing else I can do. I'll just walk in the direction my husband went and I'll hitch a ride. And so here she is in a nighty and dressing gown <laughs> and she's hitching a ride in the middle of the night. And just for her good fortune, a policeman came along. <laughs> and, and the policeman actually came and he was riding a motorbike. And so, so what happened? <laughs> She told the story. He said, you know, what are you doing this late at night out by the side of the road? And she said, you wouldn't believe it. New caravan, husband, he must have gone to the toilet. I got out to go to the toilet and my husband took off. She said, well, hop on the back and we'll go and find your husband. And so they got, she got on the back, held on to him, drove down the highway trying to catch up to the husband. And the husband, he's getting tighter and, you know, driving along the road. And then all of a sudden a police motorbike overtakes him and on the back is his wife in a nightie. He got such a shock that he crashed the car. <laughs> and that was how the journey unfolded. What a terrible thing. And Dad tells me it's a true story. It, it really happened. You know, sometimes journeys are unexpected, aren't they? They don't go as planned. And I think at Christmas time, uh, journeys that we go on often don't go as planned. You know, there are some people, when it comes to Christmas and going on a journey, they say, you know, it is just too much effort. We have to get everything packed and prepared. We have to do all that planning and booking places and doing that. We've got to go and visit all our cousins. You know what? It's too much hassle. We're not going on a journey. And what they do is they say, you know, Family, whether it's in Canberra, Sydney, Melbourne, whatever, they say, if you want to come and see us at Christmas, you can come, but we're staying put. We just don't do journeys, people say, and they just stay still. So I don't know about you tonight, whether you are someone who travels at Christmas time or whether you're one of the ones that just don't do journeys or stay put. But what I want to tell you tonight is that I really believe that God wants you to go on a journey with him, starting tonight. You might not have heard what I said. God, yes, the God who is aware of your every move, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who knows the number of hairs on your head, the God who is in control, who flung stars into space, wants to journey with you. He wants you to come and respond to him and have a relationship with him. Now, the, the thing about it is you might say tonight, I feel unprepared. I feel, you know, like I just don't do journeys, God. My world would be mixed upside down if I actually responded to the journey you're calling me on. And by the way, you know, I don't feel ready. I wish you'd just come next year and come and journey with me. I, 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 and you might miss out on responding to God tonight as he wants you to journey with him and respond. And, you know, you might think oh, it's just like going to Melbourne or Queensland or whatever and if I just say no, it's no big deal. But, you know, you'd be so wrong because the journey that God wants you to take with him tonight 
is the very reason you've been put on earth. God made you. He put you on earth so that you would know him. The Bible says that he's placed eternity in the hearts of men and women. And there's a longing within us. There's a restlessness. There's an inability to find peace in our life until we say yes to journeying with God and knowing the God who made us and wants us to have a relationship with him. God wants you to go on a journey with him. Most of us feel unprepared. But tonight, if you will respond in just a couple of ways, I think you'll find that you'll begin on the most rewarding and fulfilling journey that you could ever imagine. And tonight, as it's almost Christmas, five days to Christmas, I want you to know you're not the first ones God has ever come to and said, I want to go on a journey with you. The very first Christmas, there was Mary, just a girl of 13 or 14, and and God came to her, sent an angel to Mary and and said, you know, Mary, I I want you to come on a journey with me. And you know what? All that Mary needed uh, was just to say, God, (laughs) I trust you, whatever the circumstances. And even though she was a virgin, and even though she'd never been with a man, God said, I'm going to put a baby inside you. This baby's going to be my son. And she said, that's, she didn't say, that's never happened before. She just said, okay, God, I trust you. Be it unto me according to your will. Joseph was another one that God came to that first Christmas. And, and, and what happened is God came to him and said, I want you to go on a journey. He was planning to divorce his wife quietly and he wasn't going to make a big scene because he was a righteous man. But he said, no, nah, she's been you know, unfaithful to me before marriage. And an angel came and said, you know, God has put that baby in Mary and I want you to come on a journey. I, I, I want you to actually obey me, whatever the cost. It's going to cost you to take Mary in as your own. It's going to cost all the humiliation and the people that will be saying, but I want you to take her in and I want you to name the child Jesus. And he obeyed. Mary trusted. Joseph obeyed. But tonight, I just want to talk to you about some some guys that, that God came to, that God sent his angels to on a hill. And, and I think just like these shepherds, God came to, God sent his angel to and and said, I want to start a journey with you. I think tonight, if we see how they responded, it will help us in responding to God and the journey he wants to take us on tonight. So let's let's have a look. These shepherds, if you look in uh, Luke chapter 2 and verses 8 to 20, We're going to see what happened to these uh, shepherds. It just begins and it says in verse 8, there were shepherds living out on the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now, now the shepherds, I I think they they would have been uh, feeling unprepared for what was about to take place, unprepared for the journey that God was going to invite them on. I mean, shepherds, it says, they were living out in the fields. Now, they they actually lived out with the sheep, away from people. And it would have been, I reckon, a pretty quiet life. You know, you wouldn't have bumped into people all the time running by. They would have been on their own and there would have been just a few of them together and people hanging out there. And, And not much exciting really would have happened for these shepherds. And and it says they were keeping watch over their flocks at night. And I can imagine uh, what would have happened normally is if they were closer to cities and everything, they would have just rounded up all their sheep in a sort of pen and they would have kept them there and that would have been easy. They could just sleep the night. But where they probably were out in the fields would have meant they would have gathered them around in a little group and then they would have put a shepherd that would have said, okay, shepherd, you can uh, stay here watch over the sheep, and if there's any wild animals come, I want you to be ready, and I just want you to, to look after them. And so one of the shepherds would, would watch over the sheep, the other would have a sleep, and then the other one would wake up. And, you know, kind of, kind of picture this. It's a cool Judean night. And this, no, I'm only joking. That was a Christmas musical joke if you weren't there. But anyway, these were ready, and, and what, they were, what they were doing was watching sheep. Boring, wouldn't you think? Except when a wild animal came, then it got really exciting. But most of the time, it would have been pretty boring. And I think they were unprepared. They were 
out minding sheep, keeping watch, and then all of the sudden, the most incredible thing happens. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Nothing surprising here. Most of the people that came face to face with angels of the Lord were terrified. But they were unprepared. They'd never seen anything like this. And they felt so unready for what the journey they were about to take. I, I wonder about you tonight. As I say, God wants to come and start a journey with you. What happens inside? Because perhaps you feel terrified. Perhaps you think, I've got my life all sorted out. I, I know what it, what it is. I've got my, my lifestyle. I've got the way I live. I've got all the things ordered, my family, my friends, my job, and everything's under control. And I don't want God coming and asking me on a journey and shaking it all up because everything's kind of in control and ready now and I'm unprepared for any surprises from you, God. And it might be the thought of God saying, come on a journey, terrifies you because you know it might cost you. Perhaps you know that it might cost you to change some of the things that you've been doing, the ways you've been living, the things you've been saying and maybe that brings fear to you just like, the angels. It could be that you feel unworthy. I reckon the shepherds would have felt unworthy because there's other things you need to know about shepherds. Not only were they probably feeling unprepared for what was about to happen because they were not used to that and so they felt terrified. I think the other thing that they would have felt is unworthy. Do you know, shepherds were not kind of nice People. They didn't have good reputations. Because they were out in the field, they were away from everyone else, you know. And when you're away from everyone else, you, know, you don't need to kind of shave or put on underarm deodorant or, you know, be quiet when you're burping. And, you know, you don't need to worry because there's no people around. And so they were a pretty wild bunch. They, didn't, they weren't polite and nice and, and they were kind of wild shepherds. They didn't like people to tell them what to do and they weren't clean and pleasant. But on top of that, they had a reputation for stealing. You know, people would want the shepherds out in the fields, as far away from the cities as they could. They didn't want them being anywhere near the cities. And, you know, there was an actual law in, in force at the time when Jesus w- was born that, that if a shepherd wanted to give evidence in court, he couldn't. A shepherd's testimony was not allowed. It was, you know, inadmissible. That's it. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't give it. it. The character of shepherds was such that no one believed what they said. So I reckon the shepherds felt not only unprepared but unworthy. Why would an angel come to us? We're smelly. We're dirty. We're untrustworthy. We're right out here and no one even likes us. We can't even be trusted in court. And yet here an angel appears. No wonder they were terrified. They probably felt, I could never, ever be good enough to face and stand in front of an angel. And it could be tonight. You can identify with shepherds. I mean, it might be tonight that you say, Jonathan, you say God wants to journey with me. I can't believe it. If you only knew the thoughts that go on in my mind, if you only knew the habits that I have, if you only knew how, what I think about people, if you only knew some of the things that I've been doing just this week, if you only knew how broken, how dirty, how horrible I feel, I feel like I'm a, a sinner. I feel like I'm just never lift up to what God would want me to do. And for you to say that God wants to take me on a journey, I'm unworthy. It, it, it couldn't be right. It's not true. I, you know, how could that happen? Yes, that's what the... Shepherds must have felt they knew that they didn't have good reputations. And perhaps tonight you know that people know what you're really like. And for God to come and take you on a journey just seems unbelievable. Look what happened. 
But the angel said to them, the angel said, don't be afraid, because they were terrified. Don't be afraid. I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. You get that? All the people, even for shepherds, even for people smelly and distrustworthy, even for you and me, because I'm just like you. I mean, what would happen? This news is going to be great joy, fantastic news, really worth celebrating. And it's not for just a select few, but it's for everybody. And then the angel said, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born, someone who can save you. And he's been born to you and he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. The baby will be wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things that the angel said to shepherds, to people who were broken, who felt unworthy and unprepared. He says, there's great, great news for you. And as you come, as I tell you that God wants to take you on a journey, this is good news. News. This is fantastic news. And you might feel I'm unworthy, but this news is for all people. It's for all the people. And the news is that though you feel dirty, though you feel unworthy, though you feel like you've failed God so often and you've turned your back on him and you've lived your life as though he doesn't exist, do you know what the good news is? God has sent his son He's come to earth, a baby in a manger. This baby who Mary and Joseph would have looked at on that night, they would have looked together and they would have perhaps known because of the angel that they were looking into the face of the eternal, sovereign God, the one who in eternity flung stars into space and created the heavens and the earth. And here was this God in a baby come to earth. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But what the angel said was this baby was a saviour. You see, Jesus didn't stay just a baby. He grew up. He, he taught us how to live. He lived a totally sinless life. He never did any wrong. And as he grew and as he grew, matured, people started to hate him. People started to, to, to curse him. People started to say, who do you think you are? And at age 33, Jesus was hung, nailed to a cross. He was put there and crucified. And, and, and you know, God sent his son for that very reason. And you say, how could God send his own son to be crucified? Well, it's because he wanted you to get to know him. And the thing that stops you from knowing him is your sin and your guilt and your shame because God is holy and you're not. And why Jesus was sent by God to earth was that so he could come and die and face the penalty that you deserve for your sin. So the angel was saying, this is absolutely awesome news. God wants you to come on a journey. And though you're sinful, though you, 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 you've fallen short of what God wanted, if you look to Jesus, if you believe in him, if you put your faith in him, though you're, you're dirty, you can be wiped as, as clean as snow, you can be forgiven and you can come and journey and follow with me. This is the best news of all. So go. He's a baby. He's lying in the manger. He's wrapped in cloths. And I imagine that, that they, they would have been just absolutely amazed. If that wasn't enough, suddenly, it says, a great company of the heavenly hosts. How many do you reckon that would be? I don't know, just have a guess. I don't know myself, but do you reckon it would be 10? No, way too few, isn't it? A great company of the... I think there must have been hundreds, don't you think? Thousands, maybe. It just as that, that heavenly host appeared, angels 
angels all round, everywhere. Angel wings and angel hair appearing at the twinkling of an eye. And all these angels came. You know what they said? Glory to God in the highest. And peace on earth to all men on whom his favour rests. This child, this child in the manger, will not only save people from their sins, but will bring peace to those on whom God finds favour with. And tonight, you know who he finds favours with? Those that say yes to his invitation to be on the journey and those that look to Jesus to start that journey. Those that look to his son. This was great news. And I want to tell you, so the first thing that they would have uh, felt was that they were completely unprepared and then they were completely unworthy. And yet God told, the angel told them, that it's all right, a saviour has been born to you and, if you, and you, can, you can find him in a manger. And then it says what they responded, how they responded. And I want you just to notice these two. I'm just going to share you two things now of how they responded. And that's how I'm going to encourage you to respond to God's invitation to journey with him tonight. What they did was they had faith, whatever the obstacles, they actually put their faith in what the angel said. They believed that this was true. I can imagine them, you know, all of a sudden, angel in the sky, then, you know, hundreds and thousands of heavenly hosts all around singing, and then bang, it's gone. Black, quietness, meh, meh. Could have looked at each other and said, you know what? I won't say nothing if you don't say nothing. (laughs) Let's just pretend this never happened. I mean, we go running back into Bethlehem and saying all this sort of stuff and people are going to think we're shepherds anyway and they're probably going to, you know, not believe us anyway. Let's just keep the whole thing quiet. They didn't do that. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that, that has happened which the Lord has told us about. And with faith, in spite of the obstacles, faith, in spite of this never happening before in all of history, God sending his son into a manger, faith, they went and they believed what the angel said was true and they responded and they went to Bethlehem. Can you imagine them looking around bright Bethlehem? You know, we're looking for a baby that's wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Is that in a manger? No, because no babies would be in a manger. That's not a normal thing. But they were looking and they were wanting to find why? Because they believed, they had faith, no matter what the obstacle. I wonder what's stopping you from believing tonight. Maybe you don't believe that God does want a journey with you. Maybe it's your rational mind that's just telling you this is wrong. Maybe it's you're afraid of what other people might think, just like the shepherds must have felt that people would say, you're out of your mind, shepherds, you're crazy, and yet that might stop you. Maybe you're afraid what your parents would say, what your brother would say what your mates would say. And maybe that stops you from having faith. The shepherds didn't even think about it. They had faith, whatever the obstacles. And they believed. They went down to Bethlehem. Nothing would stop them. That's the kind of way to respond to God who wants to journey with you. Have faith. Believe that it's true. Put your faith in Jesus and respond. It's as simple as that. Have faith. John chapter 1 talks about God coming to earth in Christ and just simply says there in John chapter 1 verse 12, to whoever believed, to those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. The only thing that's stopping you between going on a journey with God for the rest of your life is faith. It's believing whatever the obstacles. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Don't put it off. This is what you were born for. This is why you're on the earth, to know God and to live with him. And and Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full and all that you need is faith. Believe it. Respond this Christmas. The second thing they had 
was not only faith, but the second thing that they did was they shared Christ, whatever the response. Look what happened. Let's go and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Uh, I want you to notice, they hurried off, they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, just as the angel had said. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Many people think, you know, uh, we really should do evangelism. You know, <laughs> we really need to tell people some truths about who God is and um, theological things. You know, we need to explain to people what... Uh, these shepherds weren't even thinking like that. They had just seen angels. They had just gone and found that what the angels said was true. They weren't just talking about a theory. They weren't espousing some kind of religion or some one out of many options. They were saying, we have seen and this is what the angel said. We went to Bethlehem. It's true. We want to spread the word and tell everyone. And people who heard it were amazed. And as a church, we don't ever want to twist people's arms to go and talk about Jesus. But I tell you what. When you respond to God's invitation to be on the journey and you start living each day, being led by him, reading his word, praying to him, asking God to strengthen you when you're feeling anxious, asking him to give you power to do the things he's calling you to do. When you start stepping out in faith and doing what he's called you to do, you don't need to go telling other people. God just bursts out of you. You spread it. You want to tell him. And I think this... this, this Christmas, as God invites you on the journey, I've got to warn you, if you start on this journey, you won't be able to keep quiet about Jesus. You'll be telling people about him. You'll be living in such a way that's spreading the good news. And people will be amazed, not by some theory, but that the living God who created the heavens and the earth, who sent his son is actually living in you and journeying with you. People won't, you won't be able to hide it. Try hiding it. Try keeping it quiet. If you respond to God, he will live with you and journey with you right through every day. And you'll find, you know, oh boy, there's going to be tough days. I'm not saying that. But God will be at work in you, even in the tough time. This is incredible. Not only did they have faith, but they shared Christ, whatever the response. They didn't care if people responded or not. They were just telling them. And praise God, they were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And here's Mary. She's treasuring up all these things in her heart. She's pondering them. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were told, which were just as they had been told. You know what? These shepherds were just praising God. It was the best news that had ever happened. I've got to tell you, I had one of the saddest days about three weeks ago. I've been journeying with one guy and, and just doing some studies together. And at the end of each study, you know, it's been about four or five studies now, saying, so do you understand that God loves you and he sent his son to die on a cross and that all you need to do is to respond? And we got to the very last of the four or five weeks that we've been doing this, studies that we've been doing. He said, yeah, you know, I think I understand it. But I'm just not ready. I can't force you to be ready. But why wouldn't you want to do that? Oh, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just not prepared. It disturbed me so much because this is what we've been put on earth for. Is there something I'm not explaining well enough to you? I said, you know, do, do you get that God is a loving God and he wants you to come to know him and he's 
done everything. He sent his son to die on the cross so you can be forgiven and, and, and this new life you can have. And Yeah, I'm just not ready. Tonight, God says, come on the journey. I've sent my son. All it takes is faith. And when you respond, I'll live in you and I'll journey with you. And you won't be able to help but share Christ with others. I, I just urge you and plead with you. Don't be one who says no. Oh, wait. Nothing could be more important to life itself than living it with God. Respond tonight. Respond to him. We're going to pray uh, now. Why don't we pray together to the God who's inviting you to journey with him tonight. God, uh, we've heard you. Invite us to come and journey with you. We've heard all it takes is faith. And tonight, we just want to say that we do want to respond with all that we have. It might be tonight for you, just while you're there, you've sensed God saying, I don't want to delay any longer. And it could be that you just want to say, I'm starting the Christmas, the journey with you, God, this Christmas. If that's you, it might be just where you are that you might just want to put your hand up and put it back down. You know, this is not for us to, uh, you know, count or do anything like that. It's just between you and God. So why don't you just put your hand up if you wanted to start the journey and say to God, I'm ready I'm starting the journey for the first time. Thank you. You can put that down. As he calls, if, if you're wanting to journey with him this Christmas, just put, put, put that and say, yes, I'll, I'll be like that. You might feel unworthy. You might feel unprepared. Just in these moments, lift that hand up and put it down if that's you that's responding for the very first time. Great. Well, tonight we're going to pray. And we're just going to thank God that he's still calling us on the journey. Lord, we want to thank you for those that have put their hand up tonight and saying to you, I want to be part of the journey. Lord, Lord, we pray for those people. We ask that you would just bless them and strengthen them as they respond by faith. And may tonight be the beginning of a journey that lasts for the rest of their lives and for all eternity. And God, tonight... We thank you that you're still calling people. Lord, for so many of us here tonight who said yes to you many years ago and are on this wonderful journey, we just want to thank you. This is great news. This is worth celebrating and shouting. Lord, this is worth telling everyone about. And tonight I pray for those who have said not yet, you know, I'm not ready. God, would you just continue to reveal yourself to them? Lord, send angels to them. Lord, show them in so many ways that you're alive and you're real and you want to flood and overflow and break into their lives. Lord, help them come to see your son and put their faith in him. Lord, this Christmas, we just say yes. We want to journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, uh, just as we respond uh, there's a blue cards that are in front of you. And if you have an opportunity to just fill one of those out,